Welcome back to the Ag Bull Podcast. I have a special guest today. Every guest is special, but this one's real special. We have Delaney Howell, Ag News Daily host. I wanted to call Delaney because there is so much going on in agriculture. When I think about someone who's out in Iowa and traveling across the Midwest who talks to a lot of people, gave Delaney a call and said, let's just get some pertinent information out there. We're at the end of April. Nobody's out there farming that I know of. I spent the weekend driving through northern Illinois, spent the weekend in Iowa. I didn't see many tractors out there. I want to ask you, Delaney, tell us a little bit about what's going on in Iowa and what you're seeing out there in agriculture and what probably will go down as the biggest bull market ever. No kidding. It certainly is, Tommy. And thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. But yeah, as you said there, we not only not only do I get to host the Agnews Daily podcast, but my fiance and I also farm in north central Iowa. So we certainly have not gotten in to get planted. We were thinking perhaps we would get into the fields this past weekend, but we got about four, four and a half inches of rain. So we certainly won't be getting into the fields anytime soon. And it's interesting as you look at the weather out there right now. I know you're up there in North Dakota. There's a lot of interesting weather up there, to say the least. A lot of wet weather here in Iowa. But then as you look further west, Tommy, there's about 40,000 acres of wildfires in Kansas and Nebraska right now, just spread into Nebraska earlier this week. There's extremely dry areas out as you look at the western plains. And so there's just a lot of weird growing conditions going on right now, or lack of conditions, really. Oh, Mother Nature is flexing her muscles, and she is large and in charge. Well, this is not the year, Delaney, that we needed. Planting delays, fires, too much rain, not enough rain. I just flew back from North Dakota. I'm lucky we got out of there. Where I uh, live and work in Mayville, North Dakota, they had 18 inches of rain 10 days ago. Now they put, or they had 18, I apologize, they had 18 inches of snow, and then this weekend, they had four inches of rain. The state of North Dakota, all on the same day, had a tornado warning, a rain flood warning, and half the western state was closed for a massive blizzard reaching all the way up into Canada and Montana. What a mess. To be a weather person putting out that broadcast, I bet you they got <laughs> some eggs thrown at them that day. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, how do they even come up with this stuff? How do they guess what's going to happen is beyond me, Tommy. I'll give you a little something I learned yesterday on the Facebook. In 1980, on yesterday's date, it was 100 degrees in North Dakota. So they're wow. having lows of 20s and highs of 40s for the next 10 days. But it could, and it has been hot there before. There's normally a lot of crop planted in April. They don't like to wait till May. They have a lot of ground to cover, but there is not a wheel turning. And we saw that today in the progress report. United States government put that out and uh, peeking over at my quote screens, I do uh, once in a while trade the markets. I do see that they're up again tonight in these 2023 is at all time highs. So, you know, this, we don't like to talk a lot about markets and futures and options, but we have to, we have the ag bull podcast and this is the biggest bull market in history, which makes me think when I talk to you and can you tell people about the Ag News Daily? I, I've been on there. You have brokers on there. That's on Mondays, right? You talk markets? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we try to talk about different topics in agriculture pertaining to the commodity markets, pertaining to trade and weather and all of the different things that really could impact any farmers. But we do primarily focus a lot on U.S. farmers, although recently 
We've been talking a lot, Tommy, to different guests about all of the different food security issues that are coming to light. Because not only as you think about crop production here in the United States, you also factor in things like avian influenza, which has started to really make headlines recently in states like Iowa, Pennsylvania, and many others. The Carolinas have had cases reported. So that certainly is at play here as well. And just as you consider food security from a global perspective, really, you know, obviously COVID heightened some of those concerns. But as you add on to that with the Russia-Ukraine situation, they account for a lot of people that they feed worldwide. I just read something earlier today that said nearly 50 countries depend on Russia and Ukraine for at least 30% of their wheat import needs. So as you think about cereal, bread, you know, all of those different products, a lot of those are coming from the wheat produced in those two countries. And as the war continues to linger on, there's a lot of food security question marks that come to light there. And not only that, but a lot of countries are now starting to limit exports because they want to make sure that they can feed their people first. And so we've seen exports limited by a lot of different countries. Just had one that came out late last week. I know you shared it actually, Tommy, that Indonesia had limited uh, palm oil exports, which is obviously used for a lot of cooking stuff. So we're seeing those things really start to come to light now. And not only that, but just a lot of people are very cognizant that we might have I hate to use the F word, but famine this year for some countries that may not have access to fresh foods. And so it's interesting because as you look at resources being limited, you also have to look at the cost of food. And so even if they do have those foods available to them, they may not be able to afford it in some third world countries. That's crazy. You know what? This is a little off subject, but a friend of mine told me there was a movie put out 50 years ago. Have you heard about this? Soylent Green, S-O-Y-L-E-N-T Green. A movie was produced and released 50 years ago, about the year 2022, when America runs out of food. So I'm going to rent that tonight on Amazon Prime. I think think it's a rotten egg movie. I don't think it uh, did too well 50 years ago. Released in 1973, produced in 1972, 50 years ago. So I just heard about that movie the other day, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Some guy's like, gotta watch this movie. It's 50 years old about when America runs out of food. And I'm like, come on now. But do I think America's gonna run out of food? Absolutely not. Do I think the world won't be able to afford the food we're just getting ready to produce? Not only the raw product, but the Finished product. Have you went to the store? Mm-hmm. Or is your fiance going to the store? Who's doing the no, shopping I over there? Go, I usually do the grocery store shopping. And actually, it's interesting you say that because I guess we don't buy a ton of meat at the store because we get a lot of our meat processed from local butchers and local farmers that we buy from. But I went to the grocery store recently to go get eggs. We eat a lot of eggs for breakfast and it's a good protein source, you know, yada, yada. And I didn't even think anything of it, but the eggs that I traditionally buy are just the normal store grade eggs and they were completely out because of avian influenza. And I went back the next week and they had eggs, but you could only buy two dozen eggs. So they're really limiting the number of products that, you know, they can buy at the grocery store. They were also... I wouldn't say astronomically more expensive, but I do did certainly notice, you know, usually you can get them for like a dollar and they're $2. So 
certainly seeing a lot of increased food prices. Do you do the grocery store shopping and your family, Tommy? That's uh, funny. It's it's a combination effort. As you know, our, our youngest, Gabby, uh, she has a very strict diet. She eats for uh, gymnastics. And uh, we uh, we try to buy the best foods. And we're blessed that we can afford those foods, but it's not cheap. So I like to go to Costco. Gina usually goes to the local stores. We, we'll, we'll buy stuff all over, but I really noticed it. When I went shopping for Easter, how expensive uh, things were. And you just fill up your cart and you eyeball it. You say that's a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff. And you check out and they say it's three eighty-five. Now, we can afford that. But the rest of the world, a lot of the world's living in poverty. The fact mm-hmm. you are in central Iowa and you're being limited on eggs. I read a tweet over the weekend that grocery stores in England are only allowing two liters sold of vegetable oil. I also read a story that several fast food restaurants in Germany are no longer offering French fries. Now, why would that be? Are we running out of potatoes or what do you fry those potatoes in? Soybean oil. What hit record highs on Friday? Soybean oil due to Indonesia and that uh, tweet and information that came out. These aren't conspiracy theories, Delaney. You're in Iowa. You are a farm family and you're being told how many dozen eggs you could buy, which is just a pure, beautiful protein that eggs are. Well, it it gets me thinking, what what's going to happen as a commodity broker, as someone who trades markets, someone who loves agriculture, what's going to happen if, if this doesn't straighten itself out, if Mother Nature doesn't straighten her act out, and the whole world is depending on the Northern Hemisphere to, to produce this record crop? We need a record crop just to contain prices, to stop them from going up. What's going to happen if we don't... Uh, when you talk to your different analysts, what, what's what's the feel? What's the feel in central Iowa? I mean, I think nobody is really using the word famine yet, at least from a commodity market perspective, because there's one thing we do well. It's we produce, uh, you know, number whatever corn really well. Number but two. Whether, Yellow yeah, number you. two. You're welcome. I'll be here all week. But, <laughs> but if Mother Nature doesn't agree with us, then there's only so much that you can do. And to be fair, the U.S. farmer can get the crop planted really quickly. We saw that in 2019 when we had a really wet start to the planting season. So it's by no means we're in a dire situation yet, but it's just something to think through as, you know, we don't have weather patterns in place for this growing season yet. We don't know what's going to happen over the summer. So there's just a lot of unknowns right now. And I think most commodity market analysts are thinking, and farmers both are thinking, this thing is going to the moon, Tommy. Well, usually when you can get a bunch of people to agree that the markets are going up, they're at a high. So maybe we'll look back and realize that 425 of 2022 was the high. But I'll tell you something. Trading the markets today, December 23 corn was ripping up. And that was after being down a lot at night. Never in my commodity trading history. Have I looked over and seen crude oil down $6 a barrel and then looked over and see Dece 23 making all-time, all-time highs for that calendar year at the border trade? Yeah, it's certainly volatile and it's hard to trade the markets right now. And I've definitely been burned a little bit here and there by thinking we'd made smart decisions. But ultimately, you know, we're trying to make decisions to help hedge bets for the farm. I also like to do a little speculation, but yeah, it's really hard to trade these markets. So. 
if it was easy, we wouldn't be, if only we did, if it was easy, (laughs) we wouldn't be podcasters like yourself. So today's guest is Delaney Howell from Ag News Daily. Delaney, I have something special to announce to all the good folks listening out there right now. You know what we're going to talk about? What, Tommy? Tell me. Flags for farmers. So this episode, we're going to give away 10 flags. So how do you get your flag? How do you get your beautiful three by five United States flag that we're going to give you for free? Well, one, we have wonderful sponsors and our sponsors love to donate flags to the Agbo podcast. So if you want a flag, if you're a farmer and you love agriculture, email us flags, F-L-A-G-S at agbo.com. My beautiful bride, Gina, will get that sent to you right away. And, you know, maybe a little flag, a little cheer someone up, make them realize how great agriculture is. Well, Delaney, I don't I, I have to tell you, it's uh, it's scary. It's OK to say you're scared. I know men are supposed to be proud and be like, oh, everything's fine. Nothing feels right. Nothing feels normal. What do you think of that? It's a little eerie, isn't it, to think that. And I was I mean, I went through 2008 when we had the last recession. So I remember it. But. I wasn't in a position where I was having to pay for a house or groceries or living expenses. So it's certainly interesting as a young person in agriculture whose sole business, you know, Blaine, my fiance and I, all of our income streams basically are coming in from one sector. That's agriculture. So it is a little eerie to think that things could be really good right now and turn really bad in the snap of a finger. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, what's wild is. The world has plenty of land, and it's not a shortage of land. It's a shortage of the actual product to produce the product. It is a fertilizer shortage. It is a Mm -hmm. Roundup or the generic version of that shortage. It's a supply chain issue. As we sit here today and record this, we could fly on an airplane without a mask. And I I don't want to start trouble, but I think they're locked down in Shanghai and they're wrapping saran wrap around people's doors so they don't leave. Oh, my gosh. So, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, and as I look over Twitter here, someone's taking a picture of empty shelves somewhere. But the, the world, we're, we're, COVID just didn't go away. And as China reacts to it different than other countries, it's uh, it's interesting. It's challenging. We were at uh, a, a wonderful summit at Farm Futures, and they had a, a gentleman talk about supply chain issues. And I think I'm going to call him tomorrow and ask him if he wants to talk. But just as I thought things were getting better with the supply chain issue, they're not. When I drive by the Ford dealership or Chevy, I don't really see any new vehicles out there. When we talk about parts, they're talking about that the the actual problem in Shanghai is just getting started with all these ships that still need to be loaded up and come to L.A. and get that product out there. So I don't know how this ends, but you know, do, should we run out to Costco and buy a big bag of rice and cases of beans? I don't know. I think we're going to have plenty of food here in the U.S., but the rest of the world, that's who I really fear for, and it's its concerning. It is, and I agree, and I think the countries, you know, that you think of are African countries, a lot of Middle Eastern and Asian countries, Latin American countries that just don't have access to the fresh, safe, affordable food that we have here in the U.S., so it certainly makes you a little bit proud that you get to live in a country where you don't have to worry about those things. Yeah, and and. One of the uh, side effects of the Russian-Ukraine deal, I don't think the people in Russia have it uh, 
good either. I don't want to go all Mm -hmm. people thinking I went all Tucker Carlson on them and that uh, I'm supporting Russia. But I don't think all the people in Russia wanted a war. And I think they have a, a bad deal. You throw what's happening in the American stock market, take a stock like Netflix or something else that's just absolutely been decimated in its value into higher interest rates. So we have rampant inflation, not only in the United States, but rampant world inflation. The single largest tax ever handed to the whole world just happened, and they didn't get to vote on it. They don't have a choice. And raising interest rates a quarter, half point, and constantly talking about it's probably not just going to make them fix the world's problems. So it's interesting. I've been listening to different AM talk shows, FM talk shows. I listen to your podcast. I'm constantly trying to educate myself. And truthfully, Delaney, no one's ever lived through anything like this. This is nothing like the yeah. 80s. This is nothing like anything we've ever had. And uh, Mother Nature throwing us a, a problem into planting here. I guess it just adds to the volatility and the uncertainty and the overall fear. Now, I don't want to be a fear mongler, but I do really want everyone out there to get that crop planted. But they, they just, you got to, you're not planting $3 corn. We're planting $7.50 corn which it could go higher, it could go lower, but you want to plant that in a good condition. So I'm sure you guys talk about what temperature do you want the ground to be at when you go out there? How do you want this? Are we going to plant in the mud and muddle in, or are we going to wait till it's perfect? And start getting in the later May days, and yield goes down traditionally from the folks I talk to, and you're right there where some of the best uh, corn seed genetics in the world are uh, grown and discovered. They must be pretty good because the Chinese like to come over here and steal them. Did you ever read that book? What book is that? I don't remember it right now. But hey, we'll give away two copies of that book. No, I'll get it for you. I'll text you a picture. (laughs) It's the story about how the uh, Chinese spies were coming over to America. Well, you talk. I think I see it right here on my floor. Well, what advice do you give people who are nervous or worried or whoever thought we'd be at record, record prices and people would be nervous? What what do you tell people? Well, I think that... Yes, it's good to be nervous or at least be cognizant of all those things that are going on. But ultimately, if you are a farmer in the U.S., you have a lot of opportunity to make some money this year. And so when I get out and speak to farmers and groups, it's largely the messaging is just, you know, take advantage of this and reward the market when it needs rewarding. Make some sales. Uh, don't don't get greedy. Don't get selfish, which I say that with a grain of salt because I understand also being a farmer that we want to make sure to continue that profitability so that we have it around for generations to come. But ultimately, it's just being able to make sure that you are profitable. And even if your neighbor is making more money than you, you have to focus on your own operation. That's wonderful. I have the book in my hand, The Scientist and the Spy. A true story of China, the FBI, and the industrial espionage. Wonderful book. Okay, you're going to mail that to me. Okay, you're going to have to send me an email at flags <laughs> at com and say, I want my free book. I heard it on the podcast. Longtime listener, first-time caller, Delaney Howell, host of the Ag News Daily. Delaney, it was great to catch up. I just wanted to see if you're nervous. I'm nervous. You're in Iowa. I'm in Indiana, North Dakota. I work with hundreds of farmers. They are all nervous and we're at record prices. It doesn't feel normal. It doesn't feel right. We're going to have to do this again this summer and keep this conversation going. Yeah, see how things progress from here. All right, everyone, stay safe and uh, let's get that corn, beans, wheat. 
planted, let's feed the world. My name's Tommy Grisafi, and I'm Bullish Agriculture. 